Welcome back to another episode of Booksmitten. I am Heather Shoemaker here with the Booksmitten crew, Jack Chang, Kelly J. Baptist, and Patrick Flores Scott. We are here. We are hopeful. We are human. And today we're going to talk about sports and books, um, the connection of sports and writing, which is something that doesn't often get talked about. In fact, a lot of athletes tell me that uh, people are surprised when they are reading a book in their off hours, that is as if these two worlds can't combine. So come along with us as we dive into the topic of sports. Yay, sports. (laughs) (laughs) Any, Um, Any jocks among the four of us? I have played sports all my life. In wow. fact, in college, I was playing five sports a day sometimes. Wow. Um, wow. But this was all just intramural and for fun stuff. But yeah, I, I love playing sports. And I must say, when I talk about sports, I'm talking about playing the sports as I do not watch sports. I just, oh. I, I get too anxious. I don't like to see other people having fun. I want to get in there and do it myself. Wow. Which sports did you play in college, Heather? Well, my lifelong sport has been soccer. And I started playing soccer when I was seven, just because my big brother did. And back then, this was the the mid-70s, girls didn't play soccer. In fact, nobody really played soccer back then. So I was put on the boys' YMCA team. And because my parents didn't have enough money for me to break my glasses all the time, <laughs> I they asked me to play with no glasses. And for those of you who know me, I really need glasses to see anything. So I was not your stellar player to start, but I loved it. And I kept on playing from age seven all the way up into my 30s, played soccer constantly. And I think as I look back and becoming a writer, I really feel as if... It was playing soccer and the sports, the persistence that I learned from sports that that got me um, to finish a book and to be successful in getting books published because there is so much, there's so many parallels, I feel, between the types of character traits you learn in sports and the type of character traits you absolutely need to write a book. That's awesome. So other than soccer... What were your, your other four? We oh, you're to just know. dying to know. We okay. have to know. <laughs> so I played soccer in college. I also played ultimate Frisbee um, six mm. days a week. Wow. Um, I also did various things. So sometimes I was doing karate, sometimes fencing, sometimes dance. I just tried it all. Aikido. Uh, I was mm. interested in pretty much anything that was available. I would dive in and try it. I tried rugby. Um, I failed completely at tennis, maybe to just a couple of days of that. <laughs> awesome. I was a basketball and uh, football head growing up and even now to a certain extent. And I think I remember the moment it clicked because my mother was into sports more so than my father. So on Thanksgiving, it's my mother watching the football game and my dad is cooking the meal. Wow, so they just awesome. do like a completely different um, thing. So if she was doing our hair or whatever, the TV would be on sports. And I would never watch. I'd usually be reading, actually. And then I remember one day she was watching basketball, um, NBA. And I just looked up and started watching it, too. And I'm the only one of my siblings where it, it stuck. And I started playing at school, like you, Heather, playing with the boys majority of the time, playing in snow, playing in cold <laughs> playing year round uh, to the point where my father 
had asphalt put down in the backyard and, and got a basketball goal put up for me. And wow. I spent <laughs> hours and hours and hours just practicing and playing. I remember when they announced there was going to be a WNBA. I was like, I'm going to the WNBA. I got to practice. <laughs> I got to practice. Yeah. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. But um, <laughs> yeah, so definitely I was into sports growing up and even now uh, with my kids and stuff. I'm the one that's like, let's toss the football. Let's let's shoot some hoops. So um, it's I been a know. big part of my life. If you find this, but I find if you're doing too much mental work, too much brain work that's maybe writing or reading in front of a screen, I can't keep doing that. I need to move my body. And mm-hmm. once I move my body, whether it's taking a walk or, or doing some sort of sports, then my mind will free up mm-hmm. um, and I'll be able to come back to it. You know, just like a kid needing recess. Oh, yeah. There's a part of our brain that we access when we move our bodies. Yeah, I agree. It's needed. Absolutely needed. You know, something that I found is so, Kelly, you and I both played with the guys. And I I once in college only once played um, with a women's team. And I found I wasn't very good at the women's team because I was so used to how the guys would think and move in on Mm. a sports team. And so I was better able to work with the psychology of the guys. Mm. And part of that psychology, I must admit, since I was short and female and had ponytails, Mm -hmm. was that they underestimated me. Mm -hmm. I would play defense and they would come down at me and think, oh, a girl, I'll get by her. And then they came down a second time because they were surprised to end up maybe on their back with me having the ball. And sometimes, of course, uh, that didn't work out. Sometimes I was the one down. But one thing I always did was I just would jump back up and just get back on my feet as fast as I could and go after them. And they were surprised. And that was so much fun for one thing. But it also taught me to just keep getting back up and keep going after it. And that kind of, I'm like... (laughs) You know, some people are cats, some people are dogs. I'm definitely the dog. If there's a ball, I'll go chase it. (laughs) So for a book, it's the same sort of thing. If I have a goal, I just chase that. Yeah, that's a good connection. Definitely a good connection. Are the two of you still connected to sports in that, you know, do you play it with your kids and, and all that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, right now I've done more what I would call life sports. So I, I go cross-country skiing every day in the winter as part of my writing day. Um, And now in the shoulder season, I I walk or I bicycle, go on canoe trips, um, backpacking canoe trips. So it's a little bit less team sports for me now, but a lot more the um, physical activity. And me, yeah, I like to play with my kids. My oldest son is taller than me now. Oh, so I we haven't gotten on the court since that has happened. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what will happen. Uh, but that's it's been a fun bonding thing. Before the pandemic, I had a kid in basketball, kid in soccer, kid in cheerleading. I feel like I'm missing one. Two in soccer. Two in soccer, one in basketball, one in, in cheer. So they were pretty active. And I hope we can get back to that point once things kind of get better. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, uh, sometimes we make judgments about kids who are into sports, either watching sports or doing them, that they're not kids who are going to read a book. Mm. Or, uh, they're not kids who might be interested in writing a book. And really, I, th- I think uh, that's a mistake to, to make that assumption because uh, kids need to move their bodies more than we do. Um, and everybody needs to move. So I think that, you know, d- 
don't write those kids off. Just find a book that's going to interest them. And who knows? It may not be a book about sports at all. It may be something different. Yeah, that could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like adults can make that happen and can turn that kid into a non-reader by just making that assumption and not feeding them books and stuff to read. Yeah, because everybody loves stories. And some kids, too, they'll wander around if they have an audio book, um, but they might not maybe be a sit-down kind of kid, but they're still going to love the stories. I think I was definitely one of those kids who, like, sports books are, they fed my passion for, for reading. Like you, Heather, I think growing up, I dabbled in a lot of different sports and whenever there was some kind of physical activity, I was like, oh, I want to try that. So we lived at an apartment complex that had a tennis court. And so I remember going with my old garage sale, you know, wooden racket from like the 70s or 80s (laughs) and like and playing tennis with my dad or we would play in sort of middle school, high school, we would play like roller hockey in the street, you know, and the net was just like one that, you know, I'd built out of like PVC pipes. Um, But, but yeah, but so uh, when I was in fourth grade, fourth, fifth grade, I played little league baseball for, for um, a year. And this is right. This is like mid nineties, right around the time when uh, we had all those like kids sports movies, like we had, you know, rookie of the year, in the outfield, Sandlot, (laughs) uh, Mighty Ducks, all those movies came out within like the span of three years. And so I was like in Little League right when all that happened. And so like my favorite author at that time was uh, Matt Christopher, who wrote all these like different sports books for kids. My very favorite book was The Kid Who Only Hit Homers. (laughs) Um, about this kid who who basically meets the ghost of Babe Ruth who helps him like with his batting and and yeah I devoured those Matt Christopher books and I don't think I had as strong of an early you know uh, or a, a childhood experience of like reading that many books that fast and so I think it really helped me develop my reading ability, especially because my family moved from China when I was five. So, you know, I was still like learning English in like second, third grade. And and yeah, and, you know, those sports books still are like very uh, near and dear to me. I actually just this past week in preparation for this episode went back and reread The Kid Who Only Hit Homers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how was it? It was good. It was like, it was interesting in that, like, reading it as, a, as an adult, you're like, oh, this mysterious old man character whose name is George Bayruth. It's like clearly <laughs> meant to be Bayruth. But you know, you're like, as a kid, you, uh, I totally missed that until like it's revealed in the book that he might be the ghost of Bayruth. But it's, it's, um, it was very much, I think like the main character, Sylvester, in that book is almost like this kind of, blank slate for like any kid like any kid could project themselves i think onto sylvester and because of that you know you could put whatever like yeah what what your own experiences into like that that kid's character even in the book he's like he's not really that into baseball he's like i could be on the team i couldn't couldn't but he discovers that he has this talent and and that like you know, and even when he gets like interviewed by like the press after, you know, he's gone so many games, not missing a home run, 
Um, he's just, just still like, you know, I'm just going to figure it out. <laughs> uh, there's something like very authentically kid-like to me about that kind of like attitude. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another aspect of, of sports is the competition and the contest and the pit, trying to get your best out. And I know a lot of people, particularly parents who think, oh, we should only promote cooperation. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, so that we can all get on in this world. And that's lovely. Also, but I've always had this big competitive streak. (laughs) So where some of my friends, they only want to do maybe solo dance or something that's not uh, a team sport. I love the team sports and I love the the contest. And I think that that when I write, I try to bring out it's a contest with myself. Then I'm trying to bring out the best of myself, but also I like the team aspect so that when I'm writing, even though I may be writing all by myself, I feel like it's a team to bring a book out into the world. I rely on um, test readers. I rely on critique partners. I rely on um, editors. I rely on a lot of people to to bring that out. So uh, there's something about that striving for the, the win or striving for the contest and the competition that I have a lot of fun with. And in fact, our soccer team very rarely won. <laughs> um, in fact, year after year, we would lose. And uh, we called ourselves the survivors because we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't score. But we had so much fun. And I think that that's the, um, you know, you're in it when you're writing. You're just in it because you're, you're believing in the story you're telling. And, and you don't always know if this book will come to fruition. But you have to enjoy what you're doing. And I think that's like my old high school team, the survivors, is that we had such a blast and we didn't really care if we won, but we were always striving to. Wow, that's cool. I, for me, the connection, um, I, I loved to play basketball as a kid, but I just was short, slow, couldn't jump. <laughs> I was coordinated, but I wasn't an athlete. Um, I played soccer for a while, but I, I was a just the biggest sports fan ever growing up that was I think the way the men uh, especially communicated in my family was via sports and um, I knew all of the players on the Seattle Seahawks I was a kid when they when they first became a franchise and I knew where every single person where every single guy went to college I knew that the punter didn't go to college which was crazy like I knew all and to me the the teams, the Sonics and the Seahawks and the Mariners, they were a real cast of characters. They're always underdogs, like the guy that got to come off the bench and be a hero for that game. I just, that's a storyline to me. The end of game kind of drama. I remember one game with the Seahawks, their f- famous wide receiver, um, Steve Largent, just got hit by this defensive back, just like pummeled. And he was... He was out of action for weeks. He and he was our best player. And he came back against that same team. And the 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 defender intercepted the ball. And it was the same guy who'd hit him. And this wide receiver just crumpled this guy. <laughs> like in retrospect, it's like violent and maybe too much <laughs> so for a kid to be watching. But like that sense of um, justice that took place was another storyline. At the end of a basketball game, when it came down to like fouls and like in the high school gym, you're banging on the seats, like thinking that you could make some difference in the outcome of this game. Mm-hmm. 
I was in uh, the Washington Huskies marching band. And I remember after a loss, the marching band director, like almost crying, like, when we're going to come out and get him next week. Like we could have some impact. And like, there's just so many stories of emotion and drama connected to the fandom of sports and to watching people come into their own that I cannot help but think has like seeped into my writing and that love of underdogs who get their chance to come through has definitely come through in my writing. And it's not a conscious thing, but sports were just such a massive part of my growing up that I know it's uh, along with along with music and along with being in the Catholic church, <laughs> like the drama of Catholic mass, um, those two <laughs> things like, and along with sports have, I know have just, um, created this love of story and this love of drama that has infused my writing for sure. That's a great point that you said there at the end. You know, they say one of the greatest unifiers of people, um, you'll find that in sports and you'll find that in music. Because when you are cheering the same team, you don't care who's standing next to you, what they look like, what they believe, you are rooting for your team. And the same with when you're at a concert. You're screaming, you're yelling, you're singing along. People are hugging random strangers. Uh, People are crying and passing out. Two things that are just great unifiers for a reason. Then when you connect that with story, I think story has that same power. The word has that same power too. Yeah. And I think even though like just normal life is worthy of, of, of a book, but like Books are compacted and they're heightened. And I think sports sort of echo that emotion. Like you're going to go to a three-hour football game and you're going to feel these, these ups and downs. And that's so much, like, uh, so much like a book. And if somebody has this quote, you guys probably know it, about like writing a story in a book is just getting rid of the boring parts. Like whatever life is like you toss out, mm-hmm. toss out the stuff in between the meals or whatever, and just write the meals, you know? Um, and I, I feel like that's what a good sports contest is. And it somehow makes total sense to me that that emotional connection to writing. I, I think absolutely that like sports has, uh, so many just built-in storylines, archetypes. They're like this engine for stories, right? You have like your Cinderella story, you have your mm-hmm. comeback story. You know, uh, ESPN is built on this idea that like sports are an engine for storytelling. Mm-hmm. I, I also think that real life, as you're saying, Patrick, there are plenty of stories in real life, but at the same time, real life can be very, very messy where there are no like clear winners and losers. And I think like sports ha- creates this safe space where, you know, things are just a little more like concrete than maybe they are in That's the real true. world. And yeah. you can you can say, okay, you know, this is the thing we're shooting for. We're like the, the final championship game. That is our goal that we're working toward. You know, we'll know that we have met or failed our goal by whether or not we win this game. And like real life is not always, is never that neat, I would say. And sports also give you that, that time period, you know, the clock buzzes, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the end of the book. That's the, the end of the story. Clock, yeah. 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 So Patrick, um, yes. recently all four of us wrote a guest post for the blog Imagination Soup. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yours was sports related. So I wonder if we can use this opportunity to segue into sports books that we all love or loved growing up. Yeah. For me, um, there are a couple books around the house, one about Jim Thorpe and one about Pele that were above, they were above my reading level. And I was just so into these characters. I was so into them. But the, the books were like a real, frustration for me because I just couldn't fully access them. And um, I, I think part of that blog, that blog post was just part of it was bemoaning the era that I was born into <laughs> because now I know somebody would be like, his schema is all sports, feed him sports books. <laughs> and, and back then, like uh, nobody, it just people weren't concerned about my reading life <laughs> growing up. And uh, I had parents who were readers and they just kind of assumed that everything was going to work out and that I would, was going to like find my way and be a reader. And, but in school, that wasn't really, that wasn't really an issue for teachers, like looking to try to find the right book for, for kids. So I really struggled as a reader. I think, you know, ADHD was a, a part of that or ADD was a part of that. But interestingly enough, I was a voracious reader of the sports section. Because again, like I knew all the characters, I knew the sport, I knew the setup, I didn't have to fight through the world building in the first five or 10 or 15 pages of a new book. All of that was already done for me. So I could just like dive into the sports section. But now Steve Schenken wrote like a middle grade book on Jim Thorpe. And like, I just like, this book is amazing. And it's like the book that I really could have, we, we already did that topic of books that you would have liked to have read when you were a kid. But like, this is another uh, chance of that topic for me, because that's the kind of book that I just would have loved. And the kids have a big picture book about Joe Lewis and um, his struggles and, and triumphs and the context of history that he was boxing in and uh oh my gosh i just would have eaten that book up as a mm-hmm. as a kid i just would have loved 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 that story we, there's another muhammad ali book that we have that's just glorious so yeah there's a little bit of my story but how about for you guys what books what books were there for you when you uh sports books were you into when you're a kid and which ones do you see now that you would that you would uh connect to or that you would have connected to as a kid uh so i i already mentioned uh oh, yeah. Matt christopher one book that I read recently or in, in the past few years is uh, a middle grade novel called, it's sort of in that like upper middle grade, like seventh, eighth grade territory called Takedown by Laura Chauvin. And this is a book that has two, two protagonists, one boy, a boy and another girl, and they're both wrestlers. Um, so I think that having that sort of flip back and forth between the two characters, Lev and Michaela, there's a lot of really interesting things to say about masculinity and femininity uh, in this book. And I just loved it. Um, I, I had the chance to, to meet Laura Chauvin at a conference and her, her other novel before this one was um, not sports related, but I'm going to plug it anyway, because I love the book. It was called The Last Fifth Grade of Emerson Elementary. And the book is this hugely ambitious undertaking where it tells a story of the last um, you know, the last year of this elementary school before, I think before it it closes. But everything is told through poems that the students write uh, as part of their poetry assignments. Um, and there are like 20 students and everyone has a distinct style. 
And so, so anyway, yeah, um, I'm getting away from the topic of sports, but um, Take Down by Laura Chauvin, go get all her other books too. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, as I say, I wasn't a watcher of sports, and I think that went into my reading habits. I did not gravitate towards books about sports at all. Mm. I just liked to play them. Um, but yeah, I, I would have, as a kid, um, enjoyed reading about Quidditch. I did not um, have that opportunity. I was a kid way before she was writing, but I enjoyed them as an adult. I think I do like um, a lot of fantasy books and books that create something new. Uh, If you're writing a book about soccer, I'd rather be playing the game than reading about it. Uh, For me growing up, uh, there's a book called Crash by Jerry Spinelli. Yeah. And I read that so many times. The sport in that story is football. Uh, But the other themes are bullying, friendship, two boys who start off friends when they're young. But as they get older, you have the sports guy who's popular and he kind of starts to bully what used to be his friend. So I think Mm -hmm. just the the intersection of those topics, um, as well as the sports content, is something that that drew me. And then a little older, Slam by Walter D. Myers is, is one of my favorite books by him. And our readers won't be able to, to see it, but I am holding up <laughs> a copy that he signed to me. I was able to oh, wow. meet him wow. nice. um, before he passed away. And I had the, the book and he signed that to me. And that one's a basketball story, an older character. So it's YA, um, young man who's serious about the sport, but kind of needs to get serious in all areas of, of his life. Um, and I think that happens, that happens a lot, um, just to be a well-rounded person. And we're, I have to do this. We're talking sports. We're talking story. <laughs> you have Kelly J. <laughs> Baptist on the mic. So we, I got to go to Kobe because. I was um, waiting for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, everybody's I, like, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that um, because the third book that I'll bring up is Mamba Mentality, How I Play. Um, and, and that is a book by him. I haven't been able to continue reading. I'll get back to it eventually. But, you know, it's just been very tough for me being a fan since I was a teenager. But just looking at the the detail, attention to detail that he paid to the game and the effort and the hard work. I think as I got older, it got beyond, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's good. Oh, he wins to, well, why is he so good and how does he win? And just kind of listening to interviews a lot more, hearing all the, the stories of how he's waking up so early and, and he gets all the shots up in practice, last one to leave, first one there. And as I matured, it was like a light bulb. Like, you know, if he could devote all of that to his craft, there's no reason why anyone can't devote that to whatever their craft is. And for us, obviously, that's that's writing. So we can pay great attention to detail in scenes and character development and making everything count. So that book has been really an inspiration and mentor text for me. Um, as you know, after he retired, he began transitioning to storytelling. And there are a lot of themes in sports that are relevant to life. Uh, persistence, resilience, stamina, teamwork. There, there are a lot of elements that you'll get from sports. And um, I think he was moving towards helping kids to learn that through 
the art of storytelling and through the art of sport. So he would be a perfect guest <laughs> to be oh, on this podcast that today. That would be lovely. <laughs> so I'm speaking for you, Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, pushing pushing for that dream. I think mm-hmm. um, we all got to latch on to that and um, and what it takes, you know, studying what it, what it takes from somebody else. How do they do it? And can you take those things and messages into your life? And Or do they not work for you? Are there some mm-hmm. things that, that somebody else does, like uh, drinking a spinach shake or whatever it is, <laughs> that, it's, that's not going to work <laughs> to create that book? I, I find that given that we're still on the tail end of a pandemic, um, that over the past year or so, um, I have reconnected with sports, um, at least in the form of uh, we got um, a spin bike, actually, like right before all the lockdown started. Um, So that has turned into like a really healthy and like interesting outlet for, you know, for physical activity, especially during like the colder months when we couldn't go outside or like we didn't maybe have access to cross-country skiing like you do up north, Heather. But but I find that like on one level, I'm like repeating the same thing that I did as a kid is now I'm like reading all these books about like, uh, you know, the Tour de France and like ultra marathoners and endurance and I'm like sort of leading into this thing that I'm like connecting with in my like physical activity, uh, that part of my life. Uh, and the other thing is I'm trying to think about how these things are apply are, are applied to like writing a novel, right? Because like a lot of people have uh, compared writing to a, no- a novel to to running a marathon. Um, you you still you have to like think about pace. And th- this is like coming from someone who, as I like. I did one year of cross country and I like didn't love distance running. And I think I should have been a sprinter. <laughs> um, you should write short stories. Yeah, then. <laughs> short stories. But, but like, but at the same time, I like, I don't, I, I like, I love the novel format and like, there's something about like the novel length that like suits me more so than a short story. So I, I don't know. Um, but, but I think uh, there's a lot of, you know, as I'm reading these books about running and cycling uh, I'm, I'm finding a lot that I can, you know, apply, like you're saying, Kelly, like apply to my everyday life, to, to my, my writing and my creative life as well, to just understand sort of like, you know, like, like thinking about when you're on the spin bike, you might have do these like zone workouts where you're, you know, you're uh, at different levels of exertion and it's not good to like overexert yourself because then you sort of, you wreck yourself for like the, the week ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also need to be doing the like sort of low exertion everyday workouts to build your stamina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see that, you know, I, I, I can draw parallels um, between that and like journaling and, you know, and capturing notes and rather than just like, you know, trying to plop yourself down in front of a computer for, you know, an entire day and like, and, and, um, and jam right. on like a deadline. And so, right. so yeah, so I think there are so many different things about sports that are just applicable to like creativity, to art, to uh, everything else in our life. Right. And keeping it fresh, as you said, not, you know, not being a weekend warrior, but doing a little bit every day. And that's what I do, at least with my books, is I keep it fresh working. Some days I don't have as much time to work on the creative stuff, but I've got a little bit 
um, churning around in my brain. And then other days I have more time to dive into it. So keeping it um, always going and always going forward. Any more thoughts about sports and books today? It just makes me want to go out and read. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say it's going to make you want to go out and shoot some baskets. No, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to do that too, for sure. But I want to find yeah. those great sports books for sure. This is inspiring in that way. I, I, I want to read Mamba Mentality now. Um, you have to. I think, I think we, should do, we should do an episode about um, biographies. I love mm. like reading biographies as yes. well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that could be a good topic that for a future awesome. episode. Yeah. So that is a sneak peek for what's coming up next. <laughs> um, this has been another episode of Book Smitten. I'm Heather Shoemaker here with Kelly J. Baptist. Jack Patrick Chang. Florida Scott. They're both here. And we <laughs> are Book Smitten. And we're happy you joined us. See you on the bookshelf. See you on the court. Yeah, see, see you on, on the, the court. Field. See you on the soccer field. <laughs> you on the slopes. <laughs> <laughs>